Hello and welcome, and thank you for joining me today. I'm going to be talking to Shahana Roy, who is the director of Time Institute in India. Now, most of us have been through a phase in our lives where we have an existential crisis. Maybe we question everything and wonder uh, if there is, in fact, something better waiting for us. Now, Shahana experienced this sort of crisis in her 20s. She had been through an education and a path where it was almost expected that she would follow a certain career trajectory. But when she got there, she realized that it was not right for her. But what happened next was far more interesting. She found someone who became not only her life partner, but also her partner in business. And she's gone on to create something that is far more meaningful and is now genuinely creating an impact, especially amongst young people in India. So I hope you enjoy listening. I definitely enjoyed this conversation with Shahana. The music for this podcast has been created by Mike Pearl. Thank you. Welcome, Shahana. So nice to see you. Thank you so much, Roini. So, Shahana, you know that this conversation is going to be taking a very small and specific aspect of your life that you feel you know, happy to talk about. So to start with, I want to ask you, what is the trigger or experience or event in your life that you feel changed something for you and it made you see your life in a different light? You chose different things for yourself. When I started working in my first job, it's is when I realized that all throughout, I mean, I enjoyed being a student. There's not that much of pressure and I liked it. And uh, but when I started working, I realized, you know, life is serious and I have to do this for the next 40, 50 years. Coming from a middle class family, you find yourself suddenly at the age of uh, 22, 23, earning more than what my parents were earning at the time of their retirement. So it was all very exciting. But then I sat down and thought, look, I have to do this for the next 40 years. And uh, it dawned upon me that money is not going to be enough to keep me happy and satisfied. And I started questioning all these accepted norms of what is success and what is happiness and what kind of job is coveted and desired. And I started questioning that who's made all these rules and do these rules really apply to me? So so you you were quite young when you came to that yeah. realization. How, were you in your I was, I was. 20, early 20s? I was, so yeah, 26 odd when I you know, finally decided to do something very drastic professionally. I was young, yes. Um, so, you know, in hindsight, one can credit it to wisdom coming early or or other way around is to do that. It is the age to do stupid things and experiment and not have, you know, responsibilities, children. So you, you could take chances. Yeah. Uh, and uh, also, I think for me, what was a very big factor was that my husband, uh, happened to be working in the same organization that I was in. So every day we would go to work unhappy and we would carry that unhappiness back home in the evening and discuss it. Forget about being supportive. It was our plan together. It was like, you know, planning a baby kind of a thing, that kind of support. So that is the, the other reason why I could make that decision very early. So, so you grew up in a fairly sort of, you know, um, family that valued education and you were yeah. guessing you were quite good in acad academics so there was did you feel like um 
an implicit expectation or was there was a specific yeah, there was it was very soft and uh, the good thing was that i enjoyed studies so that it wasn't a pain for me and to add to that i was the younger sibling and i you know the typical you know do everything that your elder sister has done but a little better uh, that kind of thing but it was very soft i mean i i should i'm very grateful to my parents because if they had not inculcated in me the love for academics uh, i wouldn't be where i was those sure. days this was the pattern that one took and from where would they get other ideas and they just wanted the best for me so yeah, yeah and so you then you then then did your mba from um, i am one of the you know top business schools yeah. in india so i guess again there was this sort of almost like a path that you felt everyone had to follow actually i would say that i uh, uh, did my mba from a b school with very little vision of what it's all about honestly i was starstruck maybe because i hadn't expected to clear the written exam and get in vision so it was all like this big honeymoon but i wasn't looking beyond the honeymoon honestly yeah and and then you talked about your husband so did you meet your husband during your mba days no i met him what? just uh, i met him uh, we we both joined the same organization together from campus he had also done his mba so we were uh, management trainees together that's how i met him right and and i i find that with a lot of couples you know that that vision of what they want to do you know over the next 20 30 years isn't always discussed early on you know they yeah. maybe, maybe they discover it once they've got married and sometimes they realize they have completely different vision it might have been that we wouldn't have gotten married if i wasn't so miserable in my job actually and we hadn't talked about it because that's how the whole relationship started he was just a colleague for me and we had met for a grand total of two days during our initial uh, training together and then he was working in another city and i was working in another city but we kept in touch so practically every night at 8 o'clock i would call him up and sob on his shoulder on how i i was not making head or tail of my job and expectations and uh, and he was a huge huge uh, he was like a rock for me at that time and while he wasn't certainly as emotionally upset as i was it was a period of discovery where we realized that there were the same common things that we did not like and there were the same common things that we wanted from our careers so it was a very important part of our uh, pre marriage you can say our courtship talking about our professional goals because i saw that there were so many couples for which this was um, a bit of a, an issue after marriage not not just uh, i mean working in different cities and one spouse having to maybe compromise on uh, the career because of the other spouse many such things are there so to whatever extent possible i did want these things to be discussed before marriage yeah very romantic but uh, it was important for me and and i think that that probably formed a very solid foundation for your yes because career. we realized that we have these things in common yes it was very important for me so so can can you maybe tell us what was it specifically that you didn't like about working was it was it the job was it the uh, the notion of you know working in a sort of rat race situation yeah. or what what specifically was it yeah it, it was just a marriage that was incompatible uh, nothing wrong on both sides uh, uh, i but i was um, you as you rightly said one is that that rat, rat race never appealed to me so there was this constant pressure of not 
I wasn't afraid of performing, but the constant pressure of being seen, the perception has to be there that you're performing. There was constant pressure of uh, of having to create an impression that you're married to your desk and you have to sit there till 11 in the night working hard. And I saw the reality behind it. It wasn't as if the work really needed you to be staying there till 11 in the night, but you had to create that perception. And I was never very good at these perception management. And I would do my work and I would want to just, you know, maybe spend time with friends and then go home. So I never understood that culture. That was one issue. And the other issue was that um, I wanted to believe very much in whatever um, product or service I was involved in. And I wasn't able to believe that much in that product. It It did not... I wasn't passionate about it. Yeah. It was a product, but you know, it, it, my work for me has to be something that I can be passionate about, and that wasn't possible. Yeah. And reason number three was I was trying to look five years, six years into the future, and trying to look at how to raise a family with this kind of a job, and I just wasn't seeing the sense of it. Some people are able to do a brilliant job, Rohini, of of balancing. But I am probably a lazier kind of person. So I, I felt that I needed at some point to move to uh, a life where there's not just more child time or husband time, but much of me time as well. So, so you and your husband jointly made that decision to quit That's that right. rat race. So right, tell, us, right. tell us now what you actually decided to do. Were you quite clear on what it is that you wanted? Now you We were quite clear. Plan. We were making plans. Like you said, it was part of our courtship. Yeah, uh, talk that we were making all these plans, plotting and planning all throughout. So uh, by the time we quit, we didn't know clearly what we wanted to do. We wanted to get into the training space, the education space, and we were talking to people. But as it, but having said all that, when we quit, we didn't have a job in hand or we didn't have an offer in hand, and we had very little money to start something on our own. So we did all that. And finally, we uh, managed to meet some wonderful people, really wonderful people who have mentored us to, to this date. They are our mentors who gave us the guidance, who gave us the opportunity and the franchise to open a training center in Bhopal and Indore for entrance exams preparation. And that's what we've been doing for the last 16 years now. So what is very rewarding for me is to be have a small part in these people, in these students achieving their potential yeah you know uh, that's very rewarding if i have been able to help them in doing that that's priceless actually so when you talk about entrance exams you're talking about exams what kind of exams are these two so all these are mostly graduate level exams so right. there are different competitive exams for uh, bank jobs for mb entrance of course um, uh, then for state level uh, government jobs things like that and, and of all the places you could have gone to in India, tell me why you picked Bhopal. One was because I, we didn't have that much of a choice. As I told you, we took a, a franchise okay, mm-hmm. of a brand. And uh, the brand gives franchise only one to only one person in one city. So by the time in 2004, we made this decision. All the big cities were anyway taken up. And in any case, we didn't have the kind of money to spend that is required to set up a business in big cities like Bombay or a Delhi. And we had a language restriction. We did not, we were not able, we had to be operating in the Hindi English speaking belt only because we don't know the other languages. So out of the choices that we had at that time, business wise, Bhopal made a lot of sense uh, in terms of the market. Um, 
and the more romantic reason is we we came here before we made the final decision we visited bhopal and we just fell in love at first sight because there were the lakes and there was greenery and it was serene quiet of course that's 15 years ago things are not the same anymore but it was the kind of city that i wanted to settle in yeah so that's why i took this and of course since then you've had children and you know you've got you've got your sort of work life balance that you wanted what's what's been the hardest thing for you in this journey this new way of living um hardest thing uh, well for one working with your husband has its own challenges rohini it isn't that easy you know because you bring all your work problems there is no distinction really between your work life and your personal life many times mm-hmm. especially during the pandemic when we were working from home it was not easy to be uh, working with a co-director who's also the husband who's also the father of children so that has its own challenges it's 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 been i think uh, it, it's taken us a few years to sort of find out a formula how to manage that in our initial years we were fighting like cats and dogs most of the time it was terrible so that is one thing but we have touched what we tried to smoothen that out a little bit uh, so that was difficult then of course i mean all said and done work life balance is fine but when you have young children it has its own challenges how to manage that with work because when you are working in your own business roeni it's 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 not a 8 hour job or a 10 hour job it's a 24 hour 24/7 job so you're always there for your work but you also have the babies who need you so it wasn't all that easy that's also difficult how do you deal with those difficult moments when maybe you disagree or you're both stressed and things are not going so well i mean what's the formula that works for you that oh hindsight is such a wonderful thing rohini you can sound so wise in hindsight we've been talking for years about doing this we were both interested in doing this my husband had actually dabbled in this a little bit even before um he got married even before his mba so he had a working understanding of this so the very first thing is it cannot be just one fine day you decide okay let's do something together it has to be an idea that you both are separately individually very very keen on that's the one thing and the second thing is to whatever extent possible do have a separation of your roles to whatever extent i mean you can't be doing everything literally everything together there has to be i think it makes sense for x things to be completely his territory and y things to be my territory and then there should not be any interference yeah. uh that's the second and you have to be starting off as equal partners i think that was very important we were equal there was mutual respect you have to keep things very professional i, I suppose that's the advice but the the first and foremost advice is be very clear you are starting the business for the right reasons not because you just want to do something together but because it's an it's an uh, it's an idea where you have complementary skills mm. you bring something and the other person brings something completely different okay so that there is no uh you know, clashing over the doing the same kind of work you do separate things together yeah and and then presumably you kind of you have to respect that you know the other person knows what they're doing completely completely you have to respect no interference yeah yeah, yeah. And, and in terms of you know it obviously being a franchise which is a little bit different to being it completely being your business it's a ready made idea it's a ready made yeah. idea a lot of the infrastructure is ready made for us so the yeah. whatever intellectual uh, property that we use is ready made and we also like i told you the we have wonderful men- mentors 
who are our franchise partners so yes it's different from starting a business completely on your own i agree so it's a little bit lower risk uh, but but i would agree with that do you find do you find it limits you in terms of things you'd like to do or is your franchise all quite open to innovation so they are wonderful people really rohini i do agree sometimes it can limit uh, as in with any other partnership there can be clashes but we've been very very lucky that ways and we just share he's like an they're like elder brothers for us so we share a wonderful personal re- relationship and professional relationship but that is something that we were able to discover even before we finalized on the plan when we met them is and we liked them so much and we found that they're on the same page as we were uh, and that's why we went ahead with the idea because we could see we we discussed all the things that we wanted to do yeah and they were completely accepting to all of those ideas and they have given wonderful advice to us over the years yes and and tell me you know if you if you kind of think back on how where you were as maybe a 16 17 year old when you were just beginning to kind of look around and think about what you were going to do with your life if you had to go back in time and you know be a mentor to your younger self what would you say to the younger shahana um i don't know if i thought that seriously about my career when i was 16 because as i said i was very okay with just following whatever my parents guided me on so yeah to my younger self i would say the same thing that you have to try to discover yourself the earlier you discover yourself in terms of what you like and what you don't like and the earlier you can just have a i don't care attitude to the opinions of other people the better the the smoother your life will be and this I, it's not that easy to say i don't care we we try to pretend that we don't care but we do care a lot about the opinions that people have about each other that's a very difficult thing to let go of so the earlier my husband was uh, has now not been born with that attitude he didn't have it from birth i uh, so it's his life uh, to that extent has been easier i would say so and he has had a very, he's not had an easy childhood but then he had this i don't care attitude generally so that's helped him was it was it sort of a combination of you know i don't really care but also knowing very very strongly what what you like you have to have substance yeah you can't say yeah. i don't care and not have substance in your life yeah. it has to be both of the things yeah yeah sure so, so it feels like you know finding your husband at the point in time that you did was a very pivotal thing serendipity serendipity but you know it's it's not just having somebody who is willing to listen to you when you are unhappy but to give you the space and the support for you to get clear on what it is you really want rather than absolutely because so many times you know i come across people and they have a long list of things they're very unhappy about but because they don't really know what they actually want they're not brave enough yes okay. yes he helped me on that path of discovery you are very right there are a lot of people who very quickly realize what they don't like but to figure out what you like is more difficult you're right yes yes and he helped me on this path There, there's obviously this very um, broadly kind of you know believed myth that you know it's choice between making money and doing good. So if you want to do something good, if you want to make a difference, then you've got to give up the idea of making money. Do you think that's true? Has that been your experience? It does have to be one or the other. What does making money is very subjective. You see, Rohini, I mean, one can always question how much money. i am probably earning more than somebody but i am also earning less than somebody so for if there for somebody money is important you have to just prioritize in your life what is important 
uh, obviously money is important but is it the the most important thing for me certainly not mm. but there is a certain lifestyle that i do want to maintain for me and for my children and i do and i we when we started out we started off with the firm conviction that we can make that kind of money that's enough for us whatever gives you satisfaction whatever money is needed to give you satisfaction you have to try to get to make that and yes it is possible i would say not only possible it's probably the most easiest way because uh, when you are stuck in a job that you don't want then you'll probably not be successful at it yeah you'll probably yeah. end up burning out or not not just not making a success out of it yeah i i want to move to this current pandemic and what's been happening you know in the world and in in particular young people for whom this is perhaps more difficult than even for people like us what's been your experience what are the young people that you're working with what are they feeling so the youngsters and we one of the reason, reasons i love my job is because it keeps you young i feel very young because i talk every day to youngsters 18 years old to 22 years old so it's lovely to talk to them and you know it gives you a perspective of what's changing in the world so the pandemic was obviously very tough for everybody particularly in the cities that i live in rohini not only is it a tier 2 city i keep calling it tier 2 but we do get students who come from even smaller villages and cities to study in bhopal or in indore where we have our centers these are students who did not have a laptop or a smartphone or a data connection and almost overnight they were expected to shift to online classes for their studies and they were expected to have all this gadgetry to learn and it's been about a year rohini they some of them are still not very comfortable you know one would if one has to think and answer how are online classes different from physical classes what's the difference if it's like i'm talking to you right now uh, is uh, perhaps the same thing as you and me sitting face to face what's the difference but there is a difference it it all depends on your comfort and your familiarity with the medium so for students who didn't have a smartphone or a laptop and have poor connectivity okay they share a room with their siblings they probably live uh, in a place where they don't have a private corner to study in in such challenging times the pandemic was very rough on them but the students are also very resilient i would say yeah uh, probably youngsters are going to probably handle the pandemic better than we will because they are they are resilient and they are optimistic we do end up yes uh, what happens is that we have spent much more time in counseling the students than we used to the content of what is needed for the various entrance exams hasn't substantially changed so we do have to still cover that but we have now far many more uh, sessions one on one with the students where we are just sitting with them and counseling them on uh, you know their future steps and how they have to have a positive outlook and all that so we spend a lot of time in just talking to the students keeping their spirits up making sure that they are able to still persevere and study things like and can you share with me you know a story of a particular student who who you remember because of how how they were helped by you know um the training you provide and the interactions that you've given can you can, can you give us an example yeah, sure uh, i remember one always has these few students whom you never forget so in our very first year of operation this was in 2005 i was 26 years old 
in those days in 2005 so we had in our first year we got 60 students who joined us and i remember each of those 60 students because i find hey they actually had faith in me that was just wonderful nobody knew me nobody knew us in gopal so they had faith in us out of them there was one student whose name was vikram his father used to sell fruits and vegetables on a push cart uh, in a village in rajasthan okay this is a boy you you keep hearing about these in movies he literally used to study under the lamp light on the main road because there was no electricity connection in his house from that small village in rajasthan he struggled he used to he taught himself to read english by watching movies uh, hollywood movies and whatever material he could lay his hands on he borrowed books from friends and so on and he literally clawed his way through school and uh, he got admission in an engineering college in kopal which is how he came to meet us and when he met us he would he would always carry a dictionary with him and uh, every time he had to speak a sentence he was very fastidious that i'm going to speak it completely in english because he had kind of made it a challenge for himself to become fluent in the language i'm not demeaning the fact that if somebody speaks hindi fluently there's nothing wrong in that at all but it was just one of the challenges for him he was studying in an engineering college he needed to have familiarity with the language and he had such big and clear dreams forget about me at having a, a vision of what i want to do after marriage this was a boy he was 20 years old and he was very clear that what he wanted to do back in his village because uh, he wanted to do something for his village he was very clear and he wanted to do an mba for all the right reasons he wa- he went and did his mba in a college that specializes in rural management and uh, when he got the admission and when he that was probably you know such a high when you are just 26 years old and a boy comes up to you getting the admission you've been with him all through that journey he was brilliant in in quantitative aptitude questions but communication and language were his weak spots and we would spend hours with that dictionary and he came to us when he got the admission and you know very brokenly said how he was never going to forget us and i said the same i am not going to forget you because the, you know the thing with student teaching students is they learn from you but you learn so much from them yes it yes. was such a humbling experience and so that was quite a while ago have you stayed in touch with vikram he is now doing very well for himself he did manage to uh help out his father's family the entire family in his village but now he's moved on is now settled in the middle east doing very well for himself wow that's such a great such story a yeah. and i love that you know you know from what what i understood your training is not just helping them get through an exam it's teaching them certain yeah. life skills right it is it, yeah. it is having confidence in yourself life skills the ability to have the discipline to prepare for any challenge so many things and you just get involved some some of the students share such personal stories with us so even among our students uh, the only thing is that the awareness about what all is possible post after your post graduation or graduation it's still somewhat limited they still get enamored by you know the the money factor many times the headlines that appear in the news are about this person getting this fat package from campus and that sets sometimes unnatural um aspirations in the mindsets in in the minds of our students they just look at the money and they have no idea about what 
it entails to get that money what kind of work is needed to get that money there has to be something more than money that is promoted from courses such as mine i would certainly like that i want people to join these institutes for the right reasons and not just for the money so awareness about that yeah yeah i th- i think that's so true it's um there's a lot of uh, myths around money isn't there you know there's a scarcity mindset and i suppose if you're coming from a very poor family then that's to be expected it is imp- it is important i do i am not denying it but you cannot be blinkered and only look at that that is my problem there have to be the other things and even if it is money there has to you have to realize that there is a choice how to make that money you yeah. do not have to like i did jump at the first job that comes your way thinking that oh this is as good as it gets i didn't know any better yeah right so that kind of awareness should be increased yeah that you always have choices what would be your definition of an extraordinary life an extraordinary life for me is the one in which you have never had to face a moment of self doubt in your in your abilities that is extraordinary for me yeah and i know that extraordinary also means being able to make a difference in the lives of other people in some positive way if you are able to do that and at the end of life if you are able to find peace you go you know what i love touch wood is that uh, most of the time when i go to bed i go there with a i i go to bed with a feeling of peace i'm at peace with myself yeah. uh, which is such um, a rarity i think more than happiness more than success having peace of mind yeah. so an extraordinary life would be one where you can find that as soon as possible you find peace you, you eliminate self doubt and hopefully you are able to inspire other people in some ways you know if you were to sort of give people who maybe like you you know like you were in your early 20s where you're torn between what is expected of you and what your heart is telling you you want to do how how would you suggest to them that they find the path to them what would be your advice your heart has to be in it but there's one more thing you have to be good at it also roini it's not enough and i i my thing i would love to be a brilliant singer or dancer i would really in in some life it's my fantasy but i don't do those things very well so my heart was in what i'm doing right now but i also knew very with 100% confidence that i'm going to be good at it i do have the skills so that's also important so you cannot make unrealistic dreams once you realize where your heart is and what you're good at after that as happened with me it will make sense for you to find somebody that you can talk it out with you have to uh, you know find some friend guide philosopher in your life preferably or take the help of counselors or coaches just don't keep it bottled up inside you uh, these days this we didn't have this uh, kind of uh, person at all but now you have career coach coaches and you have people like you who are there to help people find themselves so you have to be very very open to sharing all your anxieties and uh, doubts with somebody who's professionally qualified to give you the right direction so you do that and do that as soon as possible don't hesitate to don't wait too long as yeah so you said you know not just things that you love but you need to be good at it you need you uh, need to be have some way to prove it to yourself that you're good at it yeah and just go you know going back to your story did you actually teach before did you have experience i did i did 
I, I did. I did teach and just just to prove to myself that I'm going to be good at it. Of course, you know, like many of us, one used to teach, uh, you know, when I was younger, obviously I used to teach neighbors, kids and all that. All those things happened. But I also took it up in a professional way before I decided. And I looked at the feedback that I got from the students. I looked at, I evaluated myself. And that's, and it was, of course, you know, starting a business, it was not just about being a teacher, but having the business head for it. And I thought that I would be able to do that. There's certain aspects of business that I'm very good at, like the operations part, the planning part. Yeah. So I did evaluate all that. Yeah. Now, I love that. So, you know, the finding that sweet spot between things that you love and things you're good at. But I think for me, there's a third bit that comes in also, you know, it sort of matches your values and what you really want. Oh, yes. You know, one of the things which which did not work out for me in my workplace was that the values did not match. Mm. And when I met my mentors, when we met, I said, look, this, I'm not going to move an inch from these set of values. And actually I have them printed on a paper and I have framed it and I have kept it in my office that these are the things that I'm never, ever going to compromise on. That was such an important thing for me. Yeah. And, and do you mind sharing with us what are those, you know, maybe not all of them, but what's, been the- so we believe in complete transparency. We were very, very clear. In my office, um, we all have an open floor plan. So there are, I don't have a cabin. I have a, I have a cubicle like everybody else. All our discussions with all our staff members happen in the open. Our appraisals happen in the open. We, in terms of our commitment to the students or to the customers or the clients, if you make a commitment, you will not step down from it an inch. So, and, you know, many of these ethics and values came to the test during the pandemic. It was not easy to keep up to all of them. Yeah. But we tried our best. And, of course, the usual ones, honesty. But transparency was very important for me. Yeah. Transparency. And our, our I, you can say our motto is that if we commit 100 to our student, we try to give 110, but not ni- 99. So, always give more than what you commit. I love that. Thank you so much, Hannah. I wish you... Oh, it was such a pleasure. This has been such an ego trip. If you look at your own life, um, thank you so much and wish you all the best. And, uh, you know... Thank you. uh, Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, why not send the link to someone you know? You can also leave us a review on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcasts. And if you'd like to be a guest on my podcast send me an email on info at rohini-rator.co.uk. I'd also love to hear from you with your direct feedback on what you enjoyed about this podcast and how we can make it better. If you enjoy listening to stories of ordinary people doing interesting and extraordinary things, then why not subscribe so you never miss an episode? The music for this podcast was created by Mike Pearl. If you're looking for original music for your audio or video content, you can get in touch with him on mp969696 at hotmail.com.